0: <coughs> Hello and welcome to this new episode from iGaming FM, the better and gaming sector's talk radio show. Did you enjoy Casino Beats in Malta? Maybe you're in Toronto this week or perhaps betting on Sports Europe in its new Twickenham home. Either way, the diary is filling up again, which is nice. And it's not just SBC who are getting us stressed and out of the house. Before we can draw breath, there's another burst of activity with the WGES in Barcelona, then IGB Live, I still call it the Super Show, and then SBC's US showpiece at Meadowlands. With one eye on the diary, this week I spoke to Katie Duffin, conference producer for the World Game Executive Summit, about the forthcoming event and why it continues to attract such a high-caliber of visitor. Al Matt also speaks with David Stoveld, COO of Armadillo Studios at Every Matrix discussing the American online casino player in general, but also Armadillo's eye-catching deal with MMA star Amanda Nunes. But first up, following today's news that Huddle has merged with US outfit Deck Prism and pulled in a major investment for Las Vegas Sands, I talked to Huddle CEO Francesco Borgasano about the deal and what it means for the company. All of that in about 30 minutes. Here's the Music When investors come and knock in, it's usually a good thing, but when that investor is Las Vegas Sands, you know you're really onto something. Here, Huddle CEO Francesco Borgasano breaks down both the Deck Prism merger and the subsequent backing from Sands.
1: As per, per news, we are very excited about closing our Series A as a founder and CEO. Fundraising is always like, the most challenging and stimulating time for the company and we're, we're very excited and very happy of announcing the closing and we got a very significant investment from las vegas sense who has been very active lately in a b2b space and, and we're happy because we believe that the, with this funding will be have enough runway and financial power to go after the opportunity that we see in the B2B space. In addition to that though, I would say it's even more exciting than the funding itself. We're very happy of the business combination with another company called Deck Prism because I had the opportunity to meet the founder, Matthew Davido uh, back in February. And you know both companies were on a similar stage, talking to the investors community, looking for investment. We had the opportunity to confront the vision and change experience as, as both founders and you know decision makers for, for the companies and over the course of months talking uh, more and more about, we found a lot of synergies. So we decided to join forces and go together to the investors searching for funding. And as and I said, so the funding is actually an investment so there will be this uh, business combination with Deck Prism, which we believe is going to accelerate drastically our path to become an established huddle as a you know, strong contender in the B2B space. Very, very happy about the investment, about the combination with Deck Prism and really looking forward to the next phase of huddle in, in the AI gaming industry.
0: It sounds like you're retaining the huddle name. That was in the news earlier. So you've merged with Deck Prism, but the company going forward is, retains the huddle brand. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that's correct, because the long term vision has, hasn't really changed in the sense that our vision is still to establish Huddle as a leader a technology partner for the gaming industry. I don't like necessarily the word provider because we're trying to learn from other industries in terms of like being a proper technology partner and having like multiple digression points, having a very deep relation with our customers, with our clients. So I don't like the word providers but uh, you know our goal is to ultimately unlock value through software algorithm in developing new product developing new features anything from odds risk and eventually customer profiling segmentation we're very flexible we're very agile in the way we work with our clients and indeed we actually have multiple different projects going on with quite a few customers and each customer is very different to, to each other. So we're very happy to, to this type of relation that we've built so far, the main huddle is to just give a continuity to the vision and to the story that we're building without discounting the value and the huge boost that Deck Prism is going to bring to the, to the table.
0: With reference to that then, you mentioned earlier about the synergies. So what is the fit together with what Huddle was previously and what Deck Prism is? And how is that combined entity different then? What, what have they added, if you like?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And, you know, something that we've been kind of like digging deeper in the past, you know, three four months we've met and that Prince team as we were exploring this opportunity. And there are quite a few synergies. And I said that that's what excites me the most. I would say, first of all, I would say the approach to building software is very complementary in the sense that we at Huddle founding team, we came into Huddle coming from the many, many years experience decades in the iGaming industry. So, you know, we have an in-depth understanding of gambling operation, understanding of the needs of regulated markets and having had that experience. When we start Huddle, our goal was to try and address the needs of operators through technology and software. So we focused pretty much on the automation, compliance, scalability of the software, you know, proper building that infrastructure that would unlock that product innovation. Where Techprint came into into their venture with different approach, you know, they have developed over the course of many years very valuable IP in terms of like building predictive models for U.S. sports in particular, and they have very strong expertise when it comes to manage risk for low margin bookmakers. You know, one of our clients is Circa uh, in Colorado, who is known offering, you know, very competitive odds with very low margin. So, you know, they trade in a very hostile environment. You know, they trade against professional gamblers, against very sharp customers. So over the course of the years, they iterated multiple times and they've developed very advanced technology and algorithms specifically for US sports. So, you know, we believe that IP with those algorithms and with that level of sophistication augmented by our infrastructure, and by our technology, I said, will deliver a best-in-class product when it comes to U.S. sports. There is also, you know, other synergies from a human resources perspective. Geographically, we immediately now have a presence in the U.S. We have a team in Las Vegas. We have a few others in Denver, Colorado. We have a few others, you know, remote people working throughout the United States where, you know, prior to this huddle operation were mainly Europe between Isle of Man, UK, Croatia. So there is a synergy from a geographical standpoint. And also, as I said, from a customer perspective, that previous product is already into market. They already have a few customers. We also had a very solid commercial pipeline. So again, integrating the two products, we believe that we'll be able to serve our existing customer base with better product and you know more efficient trading services, and also as I said in general, having that um, complementary background as well. In the sense that Ed Miller and Matthew Davido, they came into the industry from the perspective of professional punter. So I think. Having a very good understanding of both sides will help us in building products that support our customers, but also are punter friendly and ultimately make the end user happier with you know better prices, better user experience, and just uh, better product in general.
0: The new company, then, how many are there? How, how what's your head count now? So the ad count
1: basically doubled in a day because we like, we both similar sides. You know, we have around 40 people each. So now with this combined entities, we have 82 people. And of course, we're still hiring because, you know, as you know, the B2B space and landscape is a very competitive landscape. Of course, it's a time for celebration now. We are very happy about this funding and it's going to take some time to consolidate the synergy and integrate the two teams. But we don't want to sit on this victory. We just want to keep going keep on the momentum and attracting talents and keep building so we're still hiring we still have quite a few open positions so i i think realistically we're going to be around probably 100 people by the end of the year we're still very much in that growing mindset
0: I guess you have a new but familiar leadership team largely. I see that you remain a CEO and I guess that Jesse and Leo will have roles there as well. But I imagine the guys you mentioned from Deck Prism will also have roles in the new entity. So, so what's that leadership team look like at the moment?
1: The synergies that I alluded to uh, before are reflected in the in the new leadership structure as well. That me, Leo, Jesse and Mario, we're going to retain our position when it comes to operation, business development and finance and Matt i going to take leadership on the product and engineering perspective. Ed is going to be in charge of our kind of like innovation. You know, Ed is a very, not only is a very talented, he's an MIT graduate, very talented engineer and computer scientist and data modeler, but he also has a very creative mind when it comes to product and user experience so it's going to focus on product innovation and research and Matt is very capable leader when it comes to engineering and in general just very much focused on delivery we love that mindset I think it's something that we can learn from that so he's going to take the role as a CTO taking over the engineering organization
0: sounds like very exciting times big day for news before we sign off what happens next what are the next few months look like obviously you've been working up to this point but it's the next bit that really matters so what's the next quarter or half look like for you guys
1: yeah so we have a couple of launches coming up this summer so we did something that made a news a couple of months ago we have a deal with sporting solutions we're launching with super sport we have shared ownership we have a few other very of leads in terms of commercials. Circa is also expanding in the US. They have a launch in Illinois plan for the future. And in general, say the next quarter is gonna be focused on delivering those customers that we already have in the pipeline, consolidate our product, integrate the two technologies, and then hit the ground running as the football season starts and really expanding our presence in the market.
0: WGS later this month will draw sea level execs of Barcelona from all over the world, descending once again on the city's iconic W Hotel. Ahead of this year's staging, I spoke to the event's conference producer, Katie Duffin. Okay, so... Katie, I love this event. I love WGES. I've been many times and there's lots of reasons why I, I, I keep going back and I won't bore the listeners with what those are. <laughs> but what is it about this event that does bring people back that that makes them so loyal to it?
2: I mean, yeah, it's been going for about 16 years now and you do see a lot of familiar faces. And I think the main thing that really stands out about WGES is that it's, it's different to all of the big expo events you're not running from one end of a conference center to the to the other trying to find five minutes to chat with someone it's it's more personal I suppose and it's more content driven as well and it's kind of a place where more senior people c-level executives can relax a little bit more and actually get the networking done it's an exclusive feel it's also the middle of summer at the W it's Barcelona. It's just a really brilliant and relaxed event.
0: That's more or less what I would have said, actually. I think it is a lovely relaxed feel. I think if you go to Barcelona in the summer, kind of overlooking the Med, you have a certain expectation of what a space might be like. And even though it's a conference, it does feel like that. It's always perilously cold, though. I mean, the the, the, the air con is working overtime in, the, in some of those halls. How do you keep the quality up, really? Because you're right. I've been going there for years, and I've seen lots of people that I don't see at any other events. And people who sometimes ke- like to keep quite a low profile, I've only seen them at that that event, but it isn't always the same people. You've managed to keep people coming back and keep the new faces coming in. So how do you get those big speakers over from America, for example?
2: To be honest with you, it's at this point, word of mouth. You know, everyone knows that it's such a brilliant event and we only have a certain amount of tickets as well to sell. Everyone kind of wants to get their name there. Everyone wants to get some networking done there. So we have applications of people to speak. We go out and we do the research and we find the people that would be the best at speaking on a certain topic that's big that year a lot of research really goes into finding the right people to come um, negotiating with them on what they can speak about how to get them there yeah and we just try really to make it the best that we can
0: the many times i've been there, there's always been a little bit of a breakout space it's always had a few Rather modest kind of exhibition, well, exhibition isn't right? Is it's like a backboard and a table. You have deliberately, I think, tried to keep it low key to maintain that intimacy. It must be quite hard, though. I know you're not you're not head of BD, you're event producer or conference producer, but it must be quite hard to strike that balance because you, you have to you have to keep it you know, rarefied air to some extent. But everyone wants to be involved, right?
2: They do want to be involved, but we have quite a unique way of dealing with sponsors who do do those small expo areas. We also offer them small positions within the agenda. So they get to go on on a panel, for example, they're not doing a sales pitch, they're joining in the conversation, which is a really different way of approaching it, I suppose. So they have this stand, yes, but they also are involved with the conversation and we think that that's just better for business altogether.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I think people have certain expectations because, of course, for those that don't know, and they'll, we'll share links, of course, from when, we, when we publish this, the W Hotel the venue in, uh, in Barcelona is a stunning location. I mean, it's the other event organizers might have their own view, but it's for me the best location in the city because it's on the beach. It's a landmark that everyone knows. You see it when you land. It's iconic. And, and I've been there for, I remember going there to the event one year and one direction were there. They were in the same hotel. I mean, it's the, it's the hotel where everyone stays. Well, who can afford it? But it, it really is that, it really is that luxury environment. How, how do you make it? different each year because people want they, they kind of they want it to be the same but different right they, they want to go back and they want to feel familiar but they don't want to just do the same thing each year how, how do you keep it fresh in terms of the content
2: we spend a lot of time working as a team and devising a business plan every year we like to mix things up a little bit with the social networking events and everything that are happening so this year for example we have a barbecue on the terrace which we've never had before we have the drinks on the beachfronts which are sometimes different there's yacht parties some years and also in terms of the actual content of the conference if you're really in tune with what's happening in the gaming industry every year and you've done your research you're going to get new faces there you're going to get new topics there because things change month by month as, as we know
0: yeah i think it's always been um and I, I don't really want to talk about industry topics particularly at the moment but i think that something that struck me the first time i went over there was the number of people we had over from america guests from what then was quite a large land-based contingent in america mgm places like that and caesars and now of course that's come so sharply into focus that presumably i gaming in America. America is something that's going to be talked about quite a lot in North America, particularly the USA and Canada, obviously, it's going to get talked about quite a lot this year. So that must be a pretty big focus for some of your speakers and and for some of the content you've got scheduled as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. This year, we've actually got sports betting as a topic on both days because of the focus on the North American market. So we have a really brilliant panel on updates on Ontario, for example. We also have a, a couple of other sports betting panels where we're talking about differences between the UK and America. In sports betting how can we bridge that gap with the white paper coming out in the UK things like that how can we compare the US and the UK and how can we get the most out of the way we go about things but yeah there's a huge focus on the US market definitely and we have a lot of people coming over for that I think we have people from FanDuel we have Bally's Interactive Caesars Digital you know we have all these really really great companies coming because they're the new key players and everyone wants to speak to them
0: yeah, absolutely. And it's a great place to meet those people. But for the reason I said before, is that they'll be accessible, they will be available. You talked about the two days of content, then just to clear that up, then there's that scheduled normally, there's three days of content, but you've traditionally for a while, at least you've had like this pre day or, or day zero. What What is that? pre-day and how is that different to the other ones?
2: So the pre-day this year will be on the 28th of June. It's a bit different this year. We've now got an official startup zone and that ties in with one of the two summits we're doing on the pre-day. So we're doing a summit on innovations and startups. So we'll just be kind of talking about the current state of the investors market, latest innovation trends. We'll get to hear from some of our amazing startups. We've got Novig coming, Beyond Play, Carolina, who's already making big waves in the industry. And so So that'll be a really brilliant, brilliant summit on the pre-day. We also have the Emerging Market Summit, which will focus on LATAM and Africa. So that'll be updates on key markets, as well as kind of predictions for the next few years, because in both Africa and LATAM in certain countries, there's going to be some some really, really big developments, I think. And it's kind of finding out where the best opportunities are.
0: Do they take place in the same spaces, those pre-days? It used to be there in a different part of the venue, but are they in the same conference rooms now, the pre-days?
2: Yes, they will be. Yes,
0: okay, right. And then, and then days one and two proper, if you like, is is that's is that a larger scale? I mean, you have more conference rooms open, or what's the what's the how does it compare?
2: Yes, so we have we'll have a lot more conference rooms open for the main days on the 29th and the thirtieth. Yeah.
0: Okay, and how and how many people do? you, What's the footfall like generally? How many? You know, we talked about C level execs. That can sometimes sound like a small number, but what what kind of numbers do you expect in a good year?
2: I'd say this year we're looking at about. Six hundred, seven hundred people to be on the ground we're getting used to life after COVID so yeah. you know it's still a struggle to get people coming over from Asia Australasia but we're, we're in a good place and also we don't really need too much, too many more people than that because as, as we've touched on before it's a very exclusive event and we like to keep it that way the exclusivity of the event is the whole point of it
0: Yeah and it's, it's interesting actually quite a lot of people have, have moved to Spain actually in the gaming community people I know from Malta or, or Gibraltar perhaps obviously but other people from around Europe have finding themselves in Barcelona so i think probably there's a there's a, a, a much bigger gaming community there than, than there ever was so it's the hometown for a few people who i'm sure will be on your list thanks so much for talking to us remind us of the dates again when the when the event is
2: so it will be the 29th and 30th of june with a pre-day on the 28th
0: okay and then you have you have events each night of those three nights right of one kind or another some might be welcome drinks i suppose
2: we do Yes, there'll be lots of drinks events every night. Barbecue on the 29th as well on the terrace. There'll be beachside drinks. So it's, it's set to be a really, really good time.
0: Finally, Matt Chambers talks MMA, Amanda Nunes and much more with Dave Stovold of Armadillo Studios.
3: We hear a lot about the types of online slots that American players are said to prefer. What does the data say and how does this affect development of original titles for the US market?
4: Uh, the data is pretty new for the iGaming side. Since the beginning of time, we've had you know a lot of mechanical slots evolving to video slots and lots of innovations up on top of that. But I mean, I guess the short answer, the biggest thing that I say is I think that the American market, that they love jackpots. When you go into casinos, that's all you see on the jackpots. Um, And even when you look at what is available on the new iGaming market, a lot of Asian themes like ADA Fortunes, which again has jackpots, a lot of variants to the popular Lightning Link games, notably Divine Fortune does very well. I think Money Train would do very well there as well. I relax. So the markets state by state, they're just kicking off. Everything's very new. And that's why it's a really exciting time because I think everything's trying to project the future, sort of, right? You sort of see how everything has developed and then looking at how it's developed on the iGaming side and how that's evolved in Europe from the land-based in the US. And you sort of see like Jack and the Beanstalk just being an example of how that kind of evolved from Kitty Glitter. You sort of see a lot of similarities and that continues. So it's one of those things where it's really excited to innovate and everything, but sometimes you have to wait for the market to be ready. I always see a lot of crazy ideas. And we always keep that on our radar, but we always try to get in there on the right time. So yeah, the biggest thing is you know, as we're creating games to create a diversified portfolio so we continually get data in real time. And then based on that, that's when we make our decisions. Something else tricky on the US side, I guess, is, is the IP contents. Very lawyer heavy. No matter what you do, there's a word or there's something and, and some people are going to be after you. So, you know, you always want to have patents to protect yourself. So yeah, we're looking at everything as small as thumbnails, maybe as big as the metaverse. Like I was just said, I mean, there's so much different stuff going on. I guess one thing that economists is even, you know, even from video slots that we've gone over to social already like my vegas there's there's a bunch of others which seem to be very popular with a different audience as well even the stuff like lightning roulette i mean now they're making the slot variants where you have live play on that you know the aviator games so we're looking at everything like that once again and even even like collection games one thing that we think that hasn't been touched on much that we are pushing is the trail bonuses we've seen it first game was one of my old bosses triple double deluxe with cheese where there's like i was on a stepper machine but you would look up you would kind of progress like through a board game. And that game did very well. And there was a couple more that were made that also did well. Miss Red has the same thing. We had a nice trail bonus in that game as well. But there, there seemed like despite the fact that people like them, that there's not that many in the market. I mean, even skilled play, team play. I think the stuff that Beyond Play is doing with working together as well as streaming. I think all that stuff has got super potential. So I like to keep up to date with all that. So again, like, you know, kind of keeping a balance of going what works, small innovations, taking calculated risks. This year or next year, I expect a lot of different paradigm shifts. I think this is new. I think you know, Americans, in particular, they're a bit hardcore, and I think that they, you know, they're going to like what they like. As we learn that state by state, and we're going to take action fast. Your
3: upcoming title, The Lioness, is based on UFC athlete Amanda Nunes. Why do you believe that sports-themed casino content can succeed in the US despite some high-profile failures in other markets?
4: Time and time again, the sports themes, as you mentioned, I mean, you have to be picky is the big thing. Of course, Americans are really big on. American football, but I'd say probably the there's definitely skewed heavier towards the males that are into that. And I think generally, you know, they're more keen on placing parlay bets and making more sports bets. So it's kind of what proportion, even if there's cross platforms to get them to the casino, what proportion, how much money are they gonna bring in? So again, it's a lot of data to analyze. So I mean Americans generally they love ball sports. But yeah, we want to attract an audience that'll enjoy like the thrill slots can bring. And for many Americans it's gonna be their first time ever playing. So those are the players we're looking to attract in addition to the the one. That we already have. So, we think we made a great pick with MMA UFC Sports and, of course, the icon herself, Amanda Nunes. I mean, she's two division champion, she's the greatest female fighter ever. And I mean, she's got a great personality. As I've ever had a quick talk with her, she's always positive when you watch her in the videos. So, I mean, she's, you know, she's got a huge fan base. And I mean, even just going around, I actually just asking, in particular, mainly the females, just whenever I mention there, they're like, yeah, Nunes, she's the UFC star. Yeah, I love her. And so, it's so, so cool to get that reassurance in, in addition to all the analytics. So, right, so we're kind of aiming for timing on device as well i think we got to being the fact that we are making a slot game citing to take the sport fuse it together we want to make sure that we make the math and mechanics to fit perfectly with that. So for this game, we are going to go with the lower volatility, we have this cool fortune bet where she's going to punch harder and you get bigger multipliers. So this higher multiplier will get the volatility so that we not in addition to the new players, the ones that are looking for a little bit more punch, we can also support like a medium volatility game as well. We want these players to just play the game and enjoy to see what the thrill is why people are okay with losing money over time to get these dopamine to get these fun things, right? We don't want to do anything to scare them off. We think that just despite what you were saying about sports games, there's a lot of them that they they don't take flights. You know, even though America's got a lot of ball sports at are end, this, this one we think this is perfect for slots. And we're both fans ourselves, so super excited about it. We're also having a launch party on the 14th. Of course, you know, definitely you're invited. We'll send the invitation. Yeah, so we put in a lot of effort, so we feel really strong about this. So we're going full in, and we couldn't be happier.
3: Sounds great. It's also very interesting that you picked a female athlete to base the game on. What was the reasoning behind this?
4: So I was touching on that a little bit. Sportsbook revenues, they're generally male dominated. And as you can sort of see from all kinds of casinos, you know, just watching pretty much everywhere, not to name any specific casinos or anything. But essentially, it's it's a 50-50 gender split on the casino side. And again, as I mentioned, she's very popular, especially among female fans, 2140 audience, we would say, based on the data that we have. And so, you know, we're just looking to bring in a new generation of players for this entertainment realm. And for the sports brand, it's clear that we're going to get these new players, like we just talked about the volatility to get this I mean just a huge untapped audience that I, I think a lot of people for some reason are, aren't even looking at. So, you know, we, we aim to be the first. We want to bring those in there. And like I said, we think we brought the
3: perfect superstar. Excellent. Finally, could you tell us what other future plans you've got in store for Armadillo Studios?
4: So again, like we're gonna keep analyzing what works and like uh, it better. You know, we, we're looking at like a lot of popular themes with fun, fun spin-offs. This is our first branded game. We, of course we'll look into doing more. You know, we mentioned kind of the trail bonus. I think we're gonna follow up, especially based on the success. We're gonna make more of these. We might even look into anything from an old school stepper to sort of see if we can get different audiences like that. Those Lightning Link lets again, collections, and maybe even skilled play, team play, all of that. As it gets, we can, you know, develop partnerships. But yeah, we have a lineup that we're really excited about for sure.
0: thanks again to all contributors to this episode to Francesco Katie and David and to Matt for asking some of the questions. We'll hopefully see you in Spain or perhaps Amsterdam or maybe even New Jersey. Until then and until next time safe travels and thanks for listening.